Okay, so uh, we're rolling again then. Hi everybody, Hi, we're everyone. back with um, an episode of Bitchy Old Teachers. Yeah, after, after a, a, a week off. Um, might have noticed that we took uh, last Sunday off. I don't know, there was probably a couple reasons for that. First of all, um, I don't know, it's probably uh, fair to say that no big, let's say, story or compelling sort of like... Uh, you know, like the thing in Nashville the the, the week before, uh, nothing big came across our screen. I guess, um, I don't know. Kind of got busy. What thing in Nashville? You know, the thing with the with the certain person. Oh no, not Nashville, com- Memphis. Oh Memphis, sorry, I had the wrong. <laughs> I, was like, I was like same area, kind of. Yeah, but I was, I was like, okay. what Nashville? What's she talking yeah, about? Yeah, Memphis. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, but nothing. Nothing big, I, I think, came across our 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 radar screen, uh, I guess. I got busy uh, reading a book about Mike Nichols, and what mm. were you doing? Listen to some crime Yeah, so I, I'm i obsessed with this podcast and I, called Crime Junkie. I love true crime, so I've been listening to a lot of the... Really? Uh, I discovered it, and I have, have to go back, you know, all the way to how many ever years they've been doing it. So I just listened to the podcast, and... I'm also taking, you know, as we've mentioned, got to get those credentials to be uh, the best teacher I can be. So I'm taking a class and it started last week (coughs) and, uh, and I'm reading, I actually read a very good, I'm taking a course on Holocaust literature, Hmm. how to, how to teach that subject with young adults. And it's a fantastic course so far. Um, But I read a, a book that I would recommend to anyone reading it because it, who wants to read it? Um, It really looks at. The Holocaust, it, from a young person's perspective, it's a fiction story um, about the two boys, but written by somebody who experienced the Holocaust. Anyway, um, it just it just takes a different perspective than say you know, um, I don't know what well, are some but, night night is something that they mm-hmm. read and that's about the Holocaust. So it's just a different perspective. It's mm-hmm. from the yeah. a young, two young boys, yeah. two young kids. It's, perspective yeah i started reading uh mark harris's uh biography of mike nichols uh which is wonderful i was talking a lot about uh the birth of um well i mean certainly him and and his life but uh him and elaine may and the writing and the movies and catch 22 and uh, catch 22 which is a perfect distillation of what it's like uh in some ways to work for uh large organizations that have Lots of power. Uh, complex rules and right, <laughs> yeah. So I've uh, I've I've really been enjoying that. Uh, right now we're down in the basement uh, in the middle of uh, the great blizzard of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it yeah. has been uh, dumping on us all day yesterday mm-hmm. and all day, day today. today, and we're yeah. they've already canceled school. Yeah, which they don't usually do, but. Because it's, it's pretty clear that the about, fact right, that it's yeah. windy is not helping either. It's like thirty plus mile an hour winds, and yeah. we've gotten over thirty some inches of snow. And yeah, it's, I, uh, yeah, this is a perfect place to 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 be right, right. now. Certainly is. Certainly is. Well, I'm not sure that we had uh, much of a uh, uh, let's say a formal plan for, for for what we wanted to talk about. I think there's a few things that we. Uh, that, that we wanted to hit, and then I think we're about to uh, today uh, begin dipping our toes into a very, very complex uh, topic. So, 
what were some of the things that, that that you wanted to, there were one or two things that you wanted to, let's say, update, or there was a bit of Oh, right, yeah, so the first update was, the, it was just a few episodes ago, I can't remember how many episodes ago, where we talked about uh, where we live, and they were hiring for a new superintendent, mm-hmm. they made and that decision. we had we had all of the candidates uh, interviewed on Zoom, and we got to offer our feedback. And um, I will, I'm, you know, it, it's very interesting. I don't know that our school district has ever had a female superintendent. Hmm. So that's something interesting. They they Possibly did, they, they hired the first yeah. female yeah. Uh, superintendent candidate. Something so, to be said for some yeah, new perspective. Right, or a right. New and, and of... it's not from this area, which yeah. it could be a good thing and could be a bad thing. I See. guess it's to be determined on that. Yeah. Uh, but one thing of note, and my only critique, because I felt like the candidate was a very good uh, communicator mm. and said some things that I felt uh, some of our people needed to hear. A mm. um, couple things, though, she comes from state, two states in particular, that do not fund education very well, mm. and um, they they really have a heavy influence on charter and um, you know private schools right. and sending funding that direction. So that makes me a little leery. Uh, just because I think that's part of the issue in those two states that are performing very, very low. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the other thing is that her lat, as we talked about previously in our last episode, they just don't stick around these places very long. Right. So I believe her last two places of employment for were one year only, one year only positions. And again, I'm going to say it until the listeners are tired of hearing me say it. Uh, was a teacher for a very yeah, short uh, period, of time. period of time. Yeah. Um, four years, I believe. Four years total. And and has that, you know, ladder climber uh, mentality persona, yeah. you know, so Yeah, yeah I mean I think a, you know, I mean uh, you know, obviously she uh, uh, she's she's new and she obviously hasn't started yet. I mean I think it's probably important and, and fair to say that, you know, we wanna Want to give person give a person a chance? We want to see see what's going on there. Can I just add add one thing to? I don't know something something occurred to me. Um, well, you know when you talked about previous positions uh, uh, being held for you know very short periods of time, say one year, two year, uh, three year. Uh, you know people the, these these administrative positions. Someone once uh, described them to me. Can't remember who who did this. It might have been a uh, uh, it might have been a very very wonderful and dear friend and mentor um, who is uh, the or was the playwriting uh, instructor and uh, oh, yes. director uh, o- <laughs> over the hill over there uh, described these positions as mercenary positions. Right, these are essentially gun for hire uh, mm-hmm. positions anymore. They've been right because of that emphasis on quick change, quick turnaround, quick results, right. which we were referencing. But right. I think it's probably important to uh, to talk about um, or to to try to identify why this kind of job hopping, why this one, two, three, four year uh, in 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 any one place uh, is is actually bad, uh, or or why it's uh, or maybe not bad, but why it leaves something to be desired. And I think it's this. What investment do you have in a place or in a community if you know or it has turned out somewhere in the, you know, either in reality or in the back of your head that this rung 
is the rung that I have to be on for two or three years to then climb to the next rung, to the next one, to the next, to, to the next rung. Mm-hmm. It's like no one retires from the position that they help. You know, what is the connection mm-hmm. you have to, to, to the community? What are your roots inside mm-hmm. a particular location? You know, because everybody, you know, give, gives the great applause line, right? It's the applause line of, oh, you know, uh, you got to get to know your students and, and your stakeholders and you really have to listen. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, you know, two, three, four, five years and you're gone because you know that that's a part of your plan. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know. There, there's that bit about, I don't know, long term thinking and long term planning. It, it, the, the term gets shorter and shorter and shorter, doesn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to be in touch with, uh, you know, with the so-called stakeholders in your community when you know that there's a clock on this thing? So I sort of have a conflict of with that though, because on one hand I see I see exactly what you're saying and that and then I'm the one who brings it up that they were in that position for one year and then they transition right. to another. But I myself have moved from different buildings within our school district. Yeah. And and left the building after uh two years and went to a different building. Mm-hmm. Um and so I guess the thing I would say is that when you do something like that, you sort of have in your mind that maybe it'll be better at this other place. Maybe it will be with the idea, though, knowing that, well, mm. if we're still going to have the same issues. We're still going to, you know, we just have to I guess as the, figure uh, out yeah, how as, it works. As the old slogan used to go. The grass is always greener. The <laughs> relentless pursuit of perfection. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And I'm the first to admit, you know, I when I've left a school to go join another school. Yeah. That's sort of the idea in your head, but you know, right. no place is perfect. Yeah. And so if you go into it knowing. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's different that's than different what we're than talking the, about the, here. Than sort of the, 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 the high stakes leadership. P- right. Positions, the the right? ones that pay I mean, well not, over what not, I not, <laughs> not to say that, that you or that anybody can't be a leader in, you know, in their own ways, in their own buildings, in their own, you know, in their own spheres of influence. But certainly at the uh, at the top or at the highest levels, it does once again lend itself to rather short term thinking. And then, of course, the other thing that, that, that it lends itself to. Uh, or at least the, the, the sort of downstream consequences are if we're changing leadership every, you know, one, two, three, four, five years, I don't know, I guess I might put the top end at five years or something like that. Um, there's so much inconsistency and there's so much, uh, you know, it's a two steps forward, one step back kind of situation because there's always going to be, and I don't know, and I, you know, I mean, I think, you know, people who have been around for uh, for a long time, uh, putting the old in old teachers, mm-hmm. uh, do have come to understand that, you know, that, that you ride things out and there's the new person and then we're going to do it that way for a few years and then there's going to be another person and we're going to do it that way for a few years. But of course, the thing that doesn't change is, uh, you know, is your love of the students and your, you know, like that's that's what I'm in control of. Is, right, is but I would say but here's the interesting thing. It just doesn't can... seem to be a good, you know, like like if Ford, you know, decided every five years to completely redesign its, uh, you know, its its auto lineup. I'm not sure Ford would be considered a very well-run company with, uh, right. you know. Well, and that's it's interesting that you bring that up I because know. I think there's a couple things that are very disconcerting to me about the way it seems to work, mm. just from the observations and what I've seen. Yeah. 
And in this situation, if we're talking specifically about the superintendent position, you had two candidates that have spent their whole career here. Yeah. You had two candidates that have been nowhere else. And we're talking now they've worked their way up, right? They were yeah. teacher for four years as, you know, as quick as possible. As much as we take issue with that, but yeah. And then mm-hmm. we were, then we went into administration and right. then we moved up into central administration. And, now, you know, so it seems to be that, you know, and, and I would, I'm conflicted about that because I don't know if I would rather have that person yeah. in, in the leadership role or if I'd rather have somebody new come in. Because if we're having this new person come in, they're going to have all their new I- new ideas yeah. and how are we going to cut funding and how we're going to do this. Whereas the other ones, they, you kind of know what you're going to get. You yeah. know, it's like the devil you know, right? Um, yeah. But I would say there doesn't seem to be, and this has been the case everything that we've looked at or read, mm-hmm. there does not seem to be any rewarding of loyalty anymore. You know, and it's funny because we used to be, we used, you know, if you think about that business frame of thinking mm-hmm. people have been at their company for years yeah. and years and years values sort of, higher than the pay or the right and, or, it, and yeah. it's sort of like they're loyal to the company they don't move around they don't do all these things and it seems to be that one people no longer have that attitude anymore like yeah. you know screw this i don't care i'm, I'm just go gonna chase, yeah i'm gonna go chase my my right. higher level on the ladder yeah. or on the other end the the organization yeah. doesn't reward you for being you know, yeah. and I, my personal experience has been that, that the, there is no reward to the person and myself who has been in the district for 16 years, especially the last couple of years mm-hmm. with the administrators that I've had. It's, yeah. well, we like the new people. We like the younger people. We don't like the people who dedicated yeah. their, it's an age old you know, question too, isn't it? Right. There's, there, there's old and there's new and, you know, one of the things about new is of course that it's new. And mm-hmm. new is great. And uh, un- when you buy a brand new car, that's wonderful. And it's new. And it smells new. Mm-hmm. And it's and, it, and it's fantastic. But it eventually gets old. It eventually gets old. And mm-hmm. so there is a... Yeah. Unless you're the person. I guess we could compare those people to what? the people who lease their cars, right? Yeah. They Not that there's anything wrong with that, but right. just the person who leases it for two years and then gets right. a new one. Yeah. You know, we know those people. Yeah. We know those people who are always getting a new always car. Always getting a new car. Yeah. Maybe that's what you could, yeah, could you know, know, have that compared but I, to. But, but, but I've come to, you know, like like what you were talking about there, I've, I've rather come to, to to think about that as a you know, as, as almost like a relationship, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, a a person can go out and have, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, new, you could have a new relationship every weekend, right? And it could be new, 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 and this person and this person and this person and this person. Uh, but you know, like when you get married or, you know, dedicate yourself to, you know, to something of a, of a long-term, uh, intimate relationship, um, that is better and richer and mm-hmm. you, you know as what I you mean? go along as yeah. you go along and mm-hmm. you know um i don't know i i suppose that i see the value or the potential in both broad ways of thinking i suppose it comes down to the person you know mm-hmm. that's all you can do is you you know there's an interview process or whatever and you're just trying to judge a person you know by you know on on their merits and you know, in, in that particular thing. I don't know. It's a, that, that's the age old question though, isn't it? Old versus new, right? Well, and I guess you know? the, um, so the other thing I wanted to bring up that we learned about this couple, this last week mm-hmm. from our time off is that in our state, our legislature, 
we, we are very dependent, our state's very dependent on oil and gas. Liquid dinosaurs, um, as a friend of mine used to call them. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and really have done nothing the last, I mean, we've been here for 16 years, and so for 16 mm-hmm. years they've been talking about the, this. This has been on the horizon for of, a while. Of, you know, that it's, that, that it's just falling out, and the the way this system was structured was that education reaped a lot of benefits mm-hmm. from the, those yeah you know, um, it's been a, uh, resources, but yeah. they're not, I'm sorry to say, and nobody ever wants to hear this. And apparently our legislature seems to think that it's coming back, yep. um, and is very, very, um, hesitant and refusing what 100% right out refusing to acknowledge wind energy and solar energy and that there could be other ways. Other they are they revenue. are 100% refusing. It's, it's sort of like the kid putting their hands over their ears and going, oh, I can't hear you. Yeah. Oh, that's what it's been like. And so because of that, the legislature right now, and who knows, because the session started late due to the pandemic, yeah. um, that they're, they're projecting they're going to cut between 150, mil, 150 million or to 200 million dollars from k-12 education which would just decimate a lot of the services and a lot of the things that make yeah. us proud in Particularly our state for in education the, in the smaller communities would end up being hit hard well exactly where i grew up where i went to high school yeah. is just gonna i don't know what they're gonna do i mean yeah. I, I really uh, it worries me maybe even if they don't cut this year they're gonna bring it back next year and then the next year and then yeah. i mean it's budget every every other year yeah. but still yeah. you know, well you know and and i think it's important to say that you know, our particular state has uh, has a, a, a set of problems or, you know, because of our reliance on fossil fuels, we've got a, a, a set of problems that are uh, peculiar and particular to us. But um, it was ever thus all yeah. over the country, right? The so, never-ending battles about education funding. So me, the reason me, I'm bringing this up is one of the things we wanted to talk about and we've talked about numerous times is how much things cost. And one of the legislators, um, I, I honestly, I, my name, his name is, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, we don't need his name. We'll yeah, call him. Yeah, we, we, we're not going to say his name anyway, but yeah. from one of the bigger cities in our state, I do, I do remember that. Mm. So we have a lot of small towns, but there's a handful of bigger cities. Yeah. And this particular city is... Um, <laughs> Also reliant. I mean, lots of uh, coal and miners live there, yeah. and natural gas guys. They, you know, you, you know, they just love this this particular town is in love with it as well. But um, he said that you know we have. I think his quote was something like, "In our state, we have sixteen thousand people who work in in schools and in our state public system, and uh, only six thousand of them are teachers. So we're top heavy." Were his yeah. words? Did he happen to check those numbers, or did well, you check no, those no. numbers? And I, I didn't. I mean, I was going. And this is his quote. This is what he yeah. said. So uh, it's very possible that, that he could be, you know, and maybe yeah. he's only counting specifically teachers. Which I mean, if if you work in a school, you know, there's lots of other people that make that school function and run. The right. secretaries, we'll call the a para- librarian, a teacher, the, exactly. Yeah, the paraprofessionals. Uh, even to the custodians, you know, yeah. I mean, like there's lots of people that make a school run on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, so who knows where his, you know, breakdown of numbers or what he's right. at. But his point when he made the statement that the administrate we are administratively top heavy. And as much as it pains me 
to agree with this person. He's, in my opinion, and he is correct. Um, I don't know that we need, and I've mentioned this before, and I'm not picking on any specific person, but I believe most of the larger cities operate the same way where we have the director of something, and then we have the assistant director of something, and then we have the coordinator of something, and then the assistant coordinator of something, right? Do we need all those people? Because I can tell you on a regular basis how much time I actually, on a daily basis, interact with any of those people. Yeah. And students and families, on a daily basis, how much they actually interact with those people. So when we say administratively top-heavy, those people make upwards of $100,000 a year to mm-hmm. do what I, I honestly don't know what some of them do for a job. Yeah. Like, I don't know what their requirements are for their position. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I didn't look too much into uh, uh, in, into those numbers, and when I say too much, uh, not at all. I would say that those numbers seem shockingly round to me, 6,000, 16,000. Um, and again, you know, one, one of the funny things uh, about talking uh, like this is that there are so many odd and strange ways to classify a particular position as a this when it's really more that. Um and a lot of that has to do with some of the vagaries again of funding that you know we could really get get into the in, into the weeds there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think we've operated in all of our episodes of of the podcast. I think with the following, I don't know if you would call it a definition or perhaps a premise, uh, which is how close is the money to the students in the classroom. Right, and and that's where I so maybe, always so, yeah. yeah. So when talking, so when I say that, right, maybe we're not talking about this position, this position, this position. Right. How close how is do, the yes. money to the students in the classroom? Or how how yeah. I mean, I would also add maybe just for me, in my opinion, is how much does your job directly affect that's right. the student in the classroom or my son who's going to you right. know, school? Right. Uh, the other thing I would say this is a perfect transition or connection yeah. to. All of the things that our school system provides. All of the things that the so, school system So, you know, we're talking do. about administratively top-heavy, but what about all these positions that yeah. we've created to provide students with a service right. that, oh gosh, I'm so old now, like, right, the well, virtual I, teacher I, part, I, I, I know that I the, never had yeah, when I, I was in elementary yeah. school, junior high or high school. And I suppose we should probably, and that's that, that's a great alley oop. This is this is the great way into into it. You, I think you've you've broached the uh, the, the subject perfectly. Um, the area or the thing that I think we want to talk about next is very fraught in, in a lot of ways. You you, you and I have had. Uh, some some ongoing awakenings for a lot of different reasons over the past, let's say, couple years. I would say the past year in particular. So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the first thing I, I want to do is uh, is announce a disclaimer, and that is that you and I, once again, both consider <laughs> ourselves to be liberals. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we would say, even in some cases, true blue, bleeding heart liberals. Right. Uh, I was a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter uh, in the opportunities where I had, you know, to vote for him. Yes, but he uh, ran against uh, Hillary. Both of us were. Him. Uh, uh, when that did not happen, I I, I vote Democratic. That is more. Yes. That's right. That's what I do. 
Um, so I think you and I have been shocked over the past year about how often we seem to be making observations about things that make us sound like conservatives. Mm-hmm. I might borrow very, very much and very heavily from a guy that I'm influenced uh, by, uh, and that is um, Brett Weinstein. Important to say Weinstein, mm-hmm. not Weinstein, so we, mm-hmm. so we make that. Um, I, and and what, what he says is, I would like our civilization and our society be, and our society to be so good that I get to be a conservative, <laughs> right? Because I would want to keep it the same. Right. Right. Um, so I think where you're going there, Jen, is talking about all of the services, or maybe, maybe th- this is the way to put it, all of the things that schools are called upon to do that other areas of the culture, the society, the government, local, federal, or state, are not doing. Right, okay, so let me give you an idea. Yeah. Because you, you have lots of things, I know, to say about this too, but... Okay. So let me, let me sort of give my my view of this, and we can go from there. We'll but, explore it, yeah. Okay, so my birthday's coming up. Yep. Woo, this Friday. Woo-hoo. Friday. How old are you going to be? So, 35. Yeah, Um. actually, I don't know what you're talking about, 25. 25. 25. Um, anyway, so... You know, on Facebook, you can do those uh, fundraisers, mm, right? Mm. You know, donate right. um, to my fundraiser yeah. for my birthday. Because we don't, okay? you don't really need anything for your birthday, so let's do a good thing. Right. So, <laughs> and I love doing stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, I picked this, and I was just, that it, you know, it's worth mentioning that I have very good friends, and a lot of them are very generous. Wonderful. And we raised just, and I know it's gone up since I checked it, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I set the goal at 200, which is the basic. What was the charity? You know, uh, uh, well, just a second. So mm-hmm. I set the, the base minimum at 200, and with five donors, they had already, we'd already made $275. Okay, so very generous people yeah. uh, celebrating my birthday. The charity I chose was No Child Hungry. Yeah. Okay, which is disgusting to me that we have to have something like this exist. Here's the point. But that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Is it has now fallen on the schools. And this, this charity is not connected to schools. No. So No Child Hungry is not, which is a fantastic organization. Please donate to them. They do so many great and wonderful things for our kids. Yeah. But me, my point in mentioning this specifically is that why does that exist? And why do we now need free and reduced lunch yeah. and uh, you know free lunches during breaks of Christmas break and, and yeah. Thanksgiving yeah. And, and spring break? Okay, why do we need those things? And those things are expensive. Yeah. It's a failure of the of the okay. of the economic. So when you say yeah. mm-hmm. our our system is now having to do more things than they had to. Yeah. You know, I'm thankful that we feed kids. It's because 100%. I was I was one of those kids. So yeah. let me be clear, when I was growing up mm-hmm. in in poverty, I did not have lunch very often. I I if I did, I usually had change and and I would get something from a vending machine at at the school. So I am thankful that that exists. And my son has friends that use that system. And so do I think it's a great thing that the school now provides that? 100%. But can I say on the other hand, why does it have to be this way? Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're making me think of, uh, 
and I'm I, I'm going to blank on the person who who said this right, which is um, when I and I'm going to bastardize the quote too. Um, when I when I donated to the poor, they 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 called me that uh, they called me generous. When I asked why are there so many poor people, they called me a socialist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Which yeah. which I mean I guess. If that's what makes you a socialist, then count me. Then in. I guess we are, uh, I and guess I guess I that could be why we mm-hmm. we align with you know Bernie right. Sanders. Yeah. But I, I so when we talk about specific yeah. things that our system now provides, another thing that I want to say that I one hundred percent am thankful that we have now, mm-hmm. but did not remember having it back in the day. I'll just say back in the day. Back not in the, the day, year so you can just yeah um, not have to do math on that. Yeah, one. we're <laughs> we're counselors. Yeah. And that provided mental health, not just counselors where you go and did your right, schedule. Right, talk about whatever. Right, yeah. you know, you did your schedule, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Now counselors are expected to do yeah. a whole host of things. Yeah, and that, I want to and, and I want to jump in here, right? Uh, I want to jump in here and I want to echo what you said before about the previous subject. Uh, 100%. Absolutely correct. Fantastic. Love it. Ne- needs to be done. And as a person who from time to time has had a collection of his own particular issues. Uh, 100%. Love it. But then again, just like the question related to poverty is why why do so many people in our society, in our particular civilization, need that help? And again, when you ask that question, you once again sound like some version of a socialist, or I don't know exactly where you fall on a statement. That's that one doesn't exactly have the same. I don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't exactly fall in line with with the poverty question. But but I guess I I suppose the the, the question would be uh, much like healthcare, and much as Bill Maher says all the time, why are we so sick? Right, and I right? guess see yeah. in in the way we think and the way we are, and, and as people probably have figured out from listening to us is just giving me an answer is not good enough. Like, I, I want to Let's look walk at, through this. Let, right. let, yeah. explain to me right. what is going on, what kind of research can I find, and there is a lot out there that mm-hmm. are conclusions we can make right. about why the, why kids need the services they need today. Right. Um, Almost all of those, you know, and again, I, I may, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll try to say this as quickly as I can. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought. Um, I consider myself to be a Marxist, not in his cure for the problem, but his diagnosis, certainly correct, because I would tend to see things through the economic lens, mm-hmm. because I, I think poverty gets you to, get, you gets it. you to at least 80% of this, of the, of what you're about Absolutely. to say. And I didn't mean yeah. to jump in. There, but well, no, yeah. I, I was just going to say that I want to know what it is. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of things that I think maybe we can talk about over the next few podcasts yeah. of what we think it is, or maybe look at the specific issue, mm-hmm. but they exist. So there is part of me and I'm, you know, I want to be very clear that I, and I'll say it again. I, I am glad those things exist, that those help, that that help and support yeah. exists for kids who are hungry and kids who need mental health services. I'm glad that those things exist. Yeah, 100%. But it makes me incredibly angry that they have to exist right. at the school because they're not being met in other places. Right. 
And that does not make me a conservative. No. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. and, And so if we can't figure out how to fix the problem as a society, Mm -hmm. when I hear we're going to cut $150 million, where do you think they're going to cut those services from? I think, I think what what, what you're driving at, and and I remember from a couple episodes ago, do do you remember um, uh, a person that we were referencing said that um, Mm -hmm. he he was talking about efficiency and what he, he was talking about efficiency with respect to hierarchy. Okay, fine. But what you've implied in your statement is that an organization should be efficient. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, uh, there's at least one metaphor that I could give for, you know, a, a desert is very efficient. It doesn't grow anything, right. but it's very efficient. That being a desert. So, so I, would, I would be clear about, about efficiency, you know, w- w- with respect to, you know, it's very efficient uh, to, to live in a log cabin. I wouldn't want to be doing it right now. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to say that efficiency is a value, then what you would say is, what is the core mission of of an educational organization, it would be to offer classes and programs of study. And Therefore, anything Efficient. that right, anything that is not that would we, then we don't be have. right. So, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't see how one, and it is particularly conservatives who talk about this, bang for the buck, right? Ugh. Okay, as it, we dislike that phrase, fine. But let's be intellectually and logically coherent with it. If it was about bang for the buck, then what you would do is try to fix these other problems in the culture, in the society, so that a school could do the thing that it knows how to do. Or And again, not arguing, as you mm-hmm. say, I want to emphasize again, do not, do not sit there and say, right, anybody, that we think student, that there shouldn't be lunch in schools or that there shouldn't be mental health, or that there should, shouldn't be these things. What I'm trying to say is, if your culture and your society was healthy, or had those things in other places, you know, there are people who specialize in mental health. They are called doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, but you know, you bring up a good point. <laughs> Something I was going to mention a minute ago was that, you know, when I said back in the day when I went to school, mm-hmm. there was no school psychologist. Yeah, I. Now every every my school, district had. I, I if they if they were there, I don't remember. Hmm. Now, does that say that they didn't exist? No, but my point is, is now you have to have people mm-hmm. that, and they're there. They serve a lot of purposes, serve but mainly purposes. Uh, the largest purpose is testing for special, special education, education. Um, and and helping with those types of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, how much do they cost? Right. And then, of course, you, we, we... And that's not something you can just have or not have. Like, right. you have to have that for federal mm. compliance to IDEA. Yeah. Like, it's just... But, of course, then again, what you would ask yourself is, if the society was healthy by whatever, you know, particular paradigm or, or, or metric that, you know, that, that, that you would like to use, if the society was, was healthy... Wouldn't it stand a reason that there would be a reduced need for absolutely you know, when we talk about what poverty can do to mental health? I mean, studies show that uh, that that living in poverty for extended periods of time or even short periods of time right. uh, 
you know, you see an increase in PTSD yes. uh, in children and adults. Yeah. For the rest of your for life. For the rest of I'm your life. I'm here to tell you. Yeah, the echoes. The hangups that you have yeah. are there for the rest, for of, the your rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Having a full refrigerator it's is something that you. you constantly think about. Yeah. Because you were raised in a place where you did not have access to food. So anybody who yeah. doesn't think that that is that, in your yeah. brain forever, they've never obviously... Yeah. And I, and never I, I love what you say right there. And I, you know, I, I love and I respect that. I know you're getting a little emotional right now. It's fine. And I, I, I love and respect that. But, you know, again, take a few steps back and figure out what is the root of the problem. Absolutely. Rather than... Very, very, very expensive band-aids mm-hmm. that, and it's probably not just true with uh, with, with schools and, and whatnot. You know, I mean, I I've always, you know, I, I was talking with a uh, with a uh, a friend or an acquaintance uh, the the other day, um, and we're both on complete opposite sides of. The, I didn't tell you this. We're very, very opposite of uh, <laughs> uh, on on the spectrum, and yet something like universal basic income came up conservatives should love something like universal basic income. You know why? Because get, guess what you could get rid of? You could get rid of the entire department of, uh, you know, let's say welfare or, you know, which is a word that, right. you know, has a certain negative connotation to it. But, uh, you know, th- think about what could, uh, about, about what would go away, you know, um, I guess the more, and this is probably the journey that you and I have been on since we're operating now and, having what is a very, very political discussion. I think it's wonderful. But you realize that, that you know, the, the, the so-called journey from left to right is not a line. It's a circle, mm-hmm. right? You realize that you can go so far left that you swing back to the right. And you realize that you can go so far to the right that you can swing back to, to, to the left. And, you know, the, the fact that you can talk about something like universal ba- basic income as a way of, you know, what the liberals would want to do is address poverty. Thank you, Joe Biden and the mm-hmm. child tax credit, which yes. is a form of so, it's a low level it. test of they, universal you know, basic that, income. That yeah. deserves you mentioned because they yeah. just did it. They didn't. Let's try to get the moderates to agree with us. Let's try to get the votes on this. Let's try that. They just did it. Just did it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 you know, the so-called bleeding heart liberals like you and I can have a response to that. We can say, yes, it's going to lift children out of poverty and it's going to help families. But if you're on the right and you don't like government spending, this is actually cheaper. Right. It's cheaper to administer. You did it all at once. It's cheaper to, You're right? not, yeah, you're, you know? you're doing it all in one fell right. swoop. You you're don't not... need the department of, you know, mm-hmm. the, the department of, you know, whatever it is. Well, and the um, amount of money, you know, that this bill gives to... To small yeah. businesses, you're talking about the entire recovery, yeah, the, the entire right. the entire thing that they passed. You know, mm-hmm. the amount of money that's going to go to small businesses is outstanding. Yeah. So again, we can find yeah. that middle. That's a you know, th- th- that's a thing that I think you and I and we've you know I've used this before, right? It's a thing that that, that we that we love to uh, needle our you know needle conservatives about, especially w- with respect to schools, um, and it's this. You got to spend the money. You can spend the money on anything you want, right? You can spend it on prisons and the so-called welfare system that you conservatives hate so much, or you can spend it on schools. One you can spend now; the other you can spend later. See, it's this cheaper is, now. And it's funny because right? this is where, like, I, I guess the conundrum is for me because I'm wanting to know why these things exist, but one of my solutions to the problem is education. If we educate right. people. 
That's then, a, that's a secret decoder ring of you know, the whole thing. Like, like yeah, it, it's so for me. It's you want to help of, society. Yeah. That's what you get. I yeah. I get upset that we have to have these things. I and I again want to make it clear. I'm glad that we have them, but the there's part of me that is so frustrated with the place that I live that we have to have these things. That that I say, well, the best way to do it is through education. Yeah, and and you and you can basically pick any sort of metric or any sort of. Uh, you know, area of, of human well-being that, that, that you would like to tackle. Um, how easy would it be to find uh, a study that shows that, uh, uh, that, that the higher your particular level of, of education, uh, the less likely it is that you're going to smoke? Uh, mm-hmm. How easy is it to say that the higher your level of education uh, the more, uh, the, the less likely you are to be food insecure. How right. you know how how easy it is to, to say these things, and that's where that that liberal conservative intersection comes to, right? We, right? You know, which is liberals want to say let's help everyone, and conservatives want to say it's expensive. Well, what if it was cheaper to just help everyone? <laughs> that would be called education. Right. Then the liberals get to say. We helped people, and the conservatives get to say we were fiscally responsible. <laughs> Great. However you Everyone's happy. Right. However, you wanna, however you want to. However you want to do it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would also say though that this makes this sort of tra- we can make a transition here because I think there's You're something else. You're in charge else. of the transitions. Well, too. but yeah. I, I think there's something else we're not talking about mm. that's sort of a, a little bit away from this, mm. which is, and it, maybe it's geared more towards, um, the higher ed, and. And I don't know, it's not, and I guess it's not the same thing as what we're talking about with, you know, food insecurity and the need for, for meals in schools, but yeah. where there's now this expectation from young people that yeah. they have certain things provided to them. Yeah. Um, this is the segment of the program uh, <laughs> that will emphasize the old uh, you kids these days is, is where we're headed here. Right? I guess yeah. so. I mean, I guess so. And maybe maybe it makes me more of a, uh, I guess I have more of authority, though, because I have my own child, and I see this in some of the things he does, and I, I, I sort of make it my mission to remind him that it's not just about you all the time. And it, and again, I mean, he's 12, going to be 13, and that's yeah, kind of their that's brain. that's the time where right, we're trying to Their kind yeah. of thinking is very self-centered. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be. That in a way, when we talk about expenses at higher ed, and if we go back to what I mentioned at the beginning, which is why do we have this coordinator mm. and that administrator and this coordinator, yeah. why do we need those positions? Well, not going to blame these kids these days, but it sort of is these kids these days. Well, And it's not necessarily yeah. bad. I don't want to say all of their things are bad, but at the same time... Some of them are a little bit. Well, you know. Yeah, I, I understand where, where where you're going, and I think we're you know we're this is where we've or where we will rather dip our toes into the uh, the very famous book from a couple few years ago, the Coddling of the American Mind, which I can actually see on the bookshelf right over there. Um, I and and again, I think this is I think that this is the split, and this is where you and I have been talking more like or sounding more like conservatives to ourselves. And the truth of the matter is, um, you know, I, I had, I had a, a wonderful, wonderful Dean, um, who, who explained to me once, uh, his 
definition uh, or his way of thinking about what's the difference between a liberal and a conservative, right? And he says the following. He says, a liberal is a person who looks at something and says, how is the system fair? And a conservative is somebody who looks at a problem and says, how is the person failing? Conservatives love to talk about personal responsibility. And the truth of the matter is, for the bleeding heart liberals that we are, it's both, isn't it? Right. Right. It's both. It's mm -hmm. a little bit of personal responsibility and it's a little bit of systemic failures that, you know, right. that, that affect things. So, you know, the, the easiest way for, for me to, I think, maybe I'll broach the subject is, um, you know, you float around Reddit a little bit and you'll see these memes made primarily by young people. And it will say things like, um, the school didn't teach me how to do my taxes. The school didn't teach me how to put, you know, how to, how, how to apply for a job. Um, well, newsflash, uh, newsflash uh, Gen Z, they didn't teach us how to do that either. Like, I don't remember a class where they taught you how to mm -hmm. do your taxes. How did you figure out how to do your taxes? Well, you, you know, I don't remember how. You figured it out, you know, uh, mm -hmm. how to apply for a job. I don't remember a class that was expressly how to apply for a job. And yet we're sitting here, aren't mm -hmm. we? Mm -hmm. Aren't we, you know, right. we're gainfully employed. We figured it out. Well, you know, so I, I guess then my question is, and maybe this is people who are listening could answer it on their own or send us an email and answer it. But I guess, are we helping them by providing it to them? Every single thing. Because, yeah. in my opinion, totally my opinion, there is a difference between providing mental health services to someone who needs it mm -hmm. versus, well, I think that you should create a career center because I'm not going to go to your school unless you can guarantee me that I'm going to get a job. Well, and the fact of the matter is we can't guarantee, no one can guarantee anybody that right. anybody's going to You know, but I, I see job. that pop up a lot yeah. from people in school today, right. um, several of them, you know, I guess maybe that's where I've said this so many times, so I'm going to say sorry again. But when I became a teacher, I didn't go and become the teacher and say, I will get a job teaching when I am done and everything will be handed to me. I did it because I wanted to be in the yeah. classrooms working with students, right? right? So I guess there's that, do we really, and maybe this is for another <laughs> another time, but are people really going into college to study something that they love just because they want to, or are they sort of, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I, misinformed I, about what... Yeah, about how easy th this is going to be, right? Right. Yeah, and there's a... Right. You um, know? I think there is a... And I think this is something that... that, that <laughs> um, there is an ongoing battle uh, uh, that's been uh, happening for a while uh, between millennials and, and, and Gen Z. I think Gen Z is learning that life is hard. Uh, and I got news for you, kids out there. Life is hard. Uh, it's, it's a lot. Uh, it's, it's definitely difficult. Um, and there is always an element of and this is where, I don't know, as middle-aged people, here we go again. You kids these days. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you kind of have to, there, there's a little bit of uh, suck it up. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you want a job? Um, okay, the career center or, you know, whatever it is perhaps can help you 
point you you know to point you in in some directions but but how, i mean come on how did you learn you know, how to well, put exactly, together a resume let me let me I just let me just say real quick I, that nothing like indeed or whatever yeah. other sites like no higheredjobs.com or whatever you're looking for none of that existed yeah. when i was looking for a I, job yeah so i get it i get that you want things to be easy and you want and and I mean, let me be clear though. This isn't. I don't think this is just the current generation, the 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 ones we're talking about in college right now. Because I teach younger kids, mm-hmm. and they just well, can you just tell me? They're always like, can you just give me the yeah. answer, or can you just can you just tell me how to do it, mm-hmm. or can you show me? And and it's sort of like, well, I'll give you half of it. I'll model for you, right. but it's it's up to you to continue. There it, right? again is 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 the split between. What percentage, percentage, that's not even the right way to say it, uh, you, it's personal, you, you have to want it. Right. You have to want it. And I think that probably one of the things that you could say about uh, uh, so-called late-stage capitalism, uh, which is, is this, there, you know, we live in a time in a world of abundance, right? Um, abundance of information. You want to know something? Great. Look it up. Right. Right. Fine. Look it up, which maybe I would somewhat question then Gen Z and its ability. You know, how do I do my taxes? Well, aren't you aren't <laughs> there, you the Internet? You can pay pe- genera- you can pay for a disc. Yeah. I mean, for like twenty five dollars. You know, I get very tired then, of people like, yeah. how do I? Well, aren't you the mm-hmm. you know, aren't you aren't singing you the in the generation rain? Of, in, yeah. Right. Look it up. Right. I, you know, Google it. Google it. I don't <laughs> you know, what do you want from me? Right. Right. Um, I just very much sounded like an old person. I know right we there. did. But see, that I guess that's, that's, the, right, that's yeah. the conflict that we have right now because... Handing everything to everyone is expensive. Right. <laughs> From an organizational standpoint. Right. Yes. So if mm-hmm. we make that connection, because parents mm-hmm. have, as we've referred to them, I don't know if we've done that on this podcast, but I've had several in my career... The the known helicopter parent. And a new nomenclature, lawnmower parents. Yes. This is what we're really talking lawnmower about. Lawnmower parents, yeah. I guess, mm-hmm. more so than the helicopter. Yeah. But I guess, okay, this is a big beef for me. Uh-oh. Why on earth does a college student mm-hmm. need their parent on campus with them? You know there's like PTOs now? You hear these stories. There's yeah. PTOs on school campuses. They're calling them parent engagement centers. Mm-hmm. What? I know, Now, okay. Are the parents footing the bill for a lot of their kids for college? Yeah, but go. hey, yeah. we can have that whole argument about mm-hmm. why is college so expensive. Why is, so, why is college so expensive? Yeah. But mm-hmm. number one reason right here, because we've now had to create all these departments and all of these things for these students. And that costs money that costs to money. get a coordinator of the career center or a director of the career center. Mm-hmm. That person needs to be paid, and then they need a staff. So it's not just, you know, people like to bring up, well, we have to have fancy dorms and the best food and all that. Well, yeah, that's expensive. But you know what's really expensive? All these new departments Mm -hmm. that you want to create to do, which I, I don't know. You know, can't you just ask the advisor? Like, remember, it used to just be go ask an advisor about X, Y, and Z. But now we have... An advisor, and we have faculty, and we have a coordinator, and we now have a director, and a and it's sort of like where we all used to talk and work together for the betterment of the student. 
we now have our own little box. Nope, yeah. we got to put us that check the box thinking. Yeah. Well, now we've got a we've got that diversity inclusion center, so only those people can deal with diversity inclusion. Right. Which defeats the entire purpose, purpose of diversity of inclusion. diversity right. in- inclusion. So we don't need just that one little yeah. person to say that we have it. I don't know. Or I that mean, one staff. I, I guess I just you know you know something like a like a career center, which is, you know which is everywhere. Colleges and universities everywhere have. And once again, I think what you and I are feeling right now is that we're very torn. We're very we're, we're torn by at one level our liberal impulse to want to help people as much as you can, but then probably that 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 middle aged part of us, which is, you know, I, I don't necessarily consider like I'm gonna I'm gonna start over. I do not consider myself to be a conservative, but I do ask myself. I do ask myself. This personal responsibility question. I don't remember a career center when I was in high school or in college. A career center? I don't, you know, and yet once again, here I am. I'm sitting here in, you know, a home. But, but that, you know, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I've got a mortgage. I've got a car payment. I've got two dogs. Well, I've got one and a half dogs. One of them is a little <laughs> small. And, so... Here's the thing. His brain is you know, I, I vividly remember. I okay, know. I remember when I was in uh, no seventh grade, I think seventh okay. grade, back in the state of Texas before we moved to Wyoming, mm-hmm. and there was a class in my junior high called careers. Careers. And all you did was you took a you took like one of their tests, like you an know, aptitude like, test of right. some kind, or, yeah. and okay. it kind of gave you your area, like we would do now in college, mm. but you could do that. And they're starting actually in high school by doing that. Like you, you kind of um, starting in middle school. Yeah, I mean Beckett has the thing that says our son's name is Beckett has a um, you know they have a pathways now for the middle school right. or the junior high that says what area of interest you know it's like human and services, uh, tech, technology, arts, uh, arts, whatever. So anyway, I remember that class where we just had a class. It was called careers, mm-hmm. and you could. You know, we went on field trips. That's what we did. Yeah. We went, like, I remember going to the uh, Texas A&M University, and we got to talk to the person in the School of Education, and we got to talk to the person in the School of, of um, right. Fine Arts. And we got to talk to, that's you know, and that's all you did. And then mm-hmm. and when you went back to the class, then you, like, you would read things about the career that you liked, or you would look into whatever. Well, not the career, was, but the area. Right, the right? area yeah. of, like, mm-hmm. what what you could pursue as you got older or whatever. Yeah. And that that I would say that might exist somewhere, I guess, but it doesn't yeah. exist in our in yeah. our district. I mean, I don't know. And I think, well, and there there's a lot of things that you guess I got so many things coming into my mind right now. Um, <sighs> what about though? You know, not to stop you from what, what you were going to say, but you know, I said this to somebody the other day. I said it to a parent of a student that I had who's now in college, mm-hmm. and she said, "Oh, you know," I said, "Hi, how's it going?" I asked her about her daughter. Yeah. And she said, oh, well, she's, you know, she thought she wanted to be a science teacher, but now she's thinking maybe just pursuing sciences, but she's not sure about changing her major. And I looked at the mom and I said, I changed my major three times. Yeah. What you, is there mm-hmm. about just you, saying what, you know, no, you, taking a class of what you yeah, like and you, then discovering that you like something else? I, th- I think, I think you, you must have read my thought a, a moment ago. All of these, all of these attempts by organizations educational organizations to formalize things, right? You know, I, I need someone in middle school to, to, to decide their path. It's all an attempt 
to get those numbers up, right? It, it, it's mm-hmm. all, it all goes back Graduation to, rate. To, to, to look at what we did and we said yeah. so-and-so, so-and-so. And one of the things that, that I'm always, uh, that I'm always fond of, of saying, especially as I maybe talk to people about how to choose a major or how to, you know, do what they're doing is adults forget how much of their lives are accidental. You know, mm-hmm. my, my, the favorite example I like to use is this, you know, you want to know why I got into the field? That, that I that I'm in because the girl that I wanted to talk to in high school was in the play so I want to so let's unpack this a little bit there was no guidance counselor involved <laughs> in this decision there was no uh career exploration there was nothing the girl that I wanted to talk to was in the play now for the record she never talked to me and we never <laughs> went out on a date at all. But I found this thing. And then you pursue this thing because it's what happening. You like, to do. you like it. And then you start hanging out with more people who are doing that thing. And they say, well, we're doing this. And you say, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm doing that. And like, mm-hmm. again, there was no department of, there was no coordinator of, like, how did it happen? Well, I'm sitting here, aren't I? I'm sitting in a beautiful home that I had the money to build. I'm sitting here with, you know, I did the counting. There's like five computers in this room, right? There's like five computers in this room. The heat is on. The lights are on. The refrigerator is full. I've got a mortgage. I've got the car payment. I've got the 1.5 dogs. I've got the kids. <laughs> There's a giant TV right over here. Uh-huh. I, it worked. Right. I guess it worked. I, but I guess the, <sighs> we're making the argument, though. And I guess we could go on forever I'm about so this. so conflicted about this. Because, I and I, I use this phrase, and I, I think maybe somebody should put it on a t-shirt and I'll wear it around. <laughs> but to me, this is indicative of the check-the-box thinking, right? We have this pathway, so you must now take X, Y, and Z classes, in middle and school. they can only be in this area. Yeah. And that, for me, would not have worked, because I did not start out as a political science major. I discovered political science yeah. my sophomore year by taking a class. And then fell in love with And fell, yeah. really enjoyed the teacher yeah. and was like, well, I want to take another one of those classes. And then there it was. And then that was right. how I changed my major right. and then graduated with my bachelor's degree in political science. Right. And, then- I, and nowhere did anybody say, well, there's... Political science is a booming career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like right. everybody said, oh, you want to go to law school? I was like, uh, no, uh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. you know, like it was. Well, and so- there's, and, and there of course is a, and this, this, we're, we're going to make a, we're going to make a deep cut right here, which is, and I don't, this, this is so complex. We want people to choose a major. We want people to major in something that, that, that they are passionate about, passionate about. We want people to choose a major that hopefully leads to them being gainfully employed. But you've got to reconcile all of those statements with the following true demonstrable research fact, which is how many people are currently working in a field directly related to what they majored in? And the answer, I think, the last time I checked, barely, barely into the 50 or 60% range. Yeah, I would say that the only one I could that jumps out of my head right now 
where you would have to have a background in it. Well, there's two. There's like a medical field. Like, Certainly. You well, know, we're talking about or, a certification. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. or a, a state certification. I, I was so. thinking of engineering, right? You'd have to have some kind of um, yeah. but, architecture, engineering, and yeah. But, which, but, which, 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 once again, I mean, I mean, I think. I guess you wouldn't necessarily have to. I mean, you could. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, (laughs) a person can do anything that they want. Right. Provided that they fulfill, you know, whatever certain requirements are in this, you know, be it a certification or there's some sort of legal, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if you go to medical school, medical, or if you go to law school, you know, you got to pass the bar. Right. That's the, right. That's what law school is for. Law school is to get you to pass the bar. So there's all, I mean, there's many things packed into this, which is the difference, you know, the difference between a. Uh, you know, let's say a college degree and let's say certification or a, right. Or the difference between a career and a, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and an education, I guess there's a lot of things packed into this, but I guess what I'm trying to say is how much of life is accidental. You know, one of my very, very good friends uh, majored in theater, got, got a master's degree from one of the most uh, prestigious, you know, universities in the country a master's degree in performance he's raising his family uh in the middle of the state right now and runs a scientific lab at a at at a refinery so remind me again how a career center pathway what i mean how i don't like it, it again i would just like to point out it worked So, I guess... I guess maybe that's what we need to talk about next time. I don't know. The, uh, we just keep coming up with new things to talk yeah, about. And, and, I, and it's so complex, and it, and, it, and it can very, very easily turn you around. And I don't think that either one of us profess to have the answer here. I mean, we're just trying to wrestle with these problems. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to wrestle with these problems with respect to, once again, from the standpoint of, let's say, a budget, a state budget, or a federal budget, or whatever you mm-hmm. want to say, how close is the money to the students, and what does that like. do for them, and yeah. how can and how can how can it help them? Yeah. So I think you and I, I mean, I mean, if this is not clear, uh, certainly I would hope that it's been <laughs> clear by this point. Um, we, you know, we should want to help people. That's what, you know, human beings should want to help other human beings. That does not always intersect very well with budgets and tough decisions. And, you know, uh, and of course, the question of you can help people so much that you can do two things in wanting to help them so much. You can, A, spend yourself dry in trying to do that. And simultaneously, by doing so cripple that person. Mm-hmm. And as a bleeding heart liberal, I never thought I would hear myself say that. Yeah. But but if you don't acknowledge it, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's happening. Yeah. And you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. And you have to talk about it in in such a way, maybe understanding that you're not going to get to the definitive answer. But in wrestling with the problem, you figure out where the you figure out where the landmines are, and you mm-hmm. figure out oh that's a okay. When we talk mm-hmm. about it this way, that's a danger area over there. But maybe this conversation can be um, if you've ever seen that thing, 
You ever seen that thing that they put on the end of a tank? It's got a bunch of chains on it, and they just mm-hmm. drive through the minefield, mm-hmm. and it detonates the mines. Maybe a conversation like this can try to help to clear the mines. Right. Uh, right? Uh, b- both both clear the mines and clear the mines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a wonderful... Uh, man, for not having a plan, we sure did have a have an okay sort of go. Well, I think that. it's because we both are passionate about education. That's all this comes from. And it, and it yeah. uh, is easy to talk about when there's something that you... I mean, I can't imagine doing anything else. I can't imagine Every doing anything else Every time I get frustrated either. or upset or get mad about this or that, yeah. it's... Uh, that keeps you centered. Yep. It's what else, what else would I even... Yeah. have a passion for and i don't know i don't know those students i don't think yeah those students that's what it all the comes kids back to. man yeah yeah i wow i'm kind of at a loss right you just mm-hmm. said that so beautifully right now I, i'm mm-hmm. kind of at a loss um i don't know is there anything else that will happen to be we'll be back next week i don't think we're taking a week off i, I don't, I don't know. find yeah, something we'll to find talk out. about i'm we've sure we've been playing uh, uh some pretty uh uh no Catan. oh settlers of Catan. he loves <laughs> to play so i love playing settlers of Catan as well but i just I, I said this at the end of our last game if you have a few bad rolls if you have a streak of bad luck early in the game you're never going to catch up you have to yeah it takes you're never going to catch up yep that game is that game is 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 wonderful i love playing that game but I always feel like <laughs> like four hours I, of your life yeah. went by. <laughs> you're either gonna you're, you're gonna have the brick and the ore <laughs> and the and, and 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 the wheat, but you're gonna and be then, naked because there's no sheep, <laughs> or there's no just place. gonna or there's only gonna be sheep and no and brick, no brick. <laughs> uh, or there's only gonna yeah, yeah. it's so. <laughs> feast or famine on on, on that game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can I make a boat out of sheep? I don't think you can. Yeah, why I, can't we be innovative? I don't know. I don't know. Can I just get I don't some think trees? making one out of ore would get you very far. I don't think a boat made out of brick is going to get you across the ocean so you can get more wheat. <laughs> or as my students like to say, uh, uh, you, you have to yeet that wheat. And I'm told that yeet means obtain, okay. to, to yeet it, right? Yeah. Uh, obtain that grain. Or one, one of my favorite ones... One of my students, this is all-star joke. I want to put this on a t-shirt. Yeet that wheat, obtain that grain, finagle that bagel, or this one, luten that gluten. Mm. That, was a, that was a pretty good one. Okay. But I'm going to figure out Settlers of Catan. I'm going to build some roads, and I'm going to ride my sheep down those roads <laughs> and get a... Good luck with that. I'm going to mine some ore. Okay. Well... Is that what we're going to do? We're going to go. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, clearly, well, so. we're, we're ending our podcast. We're ending they this episode. I want to hear about your... Uh, I want to talk about Settlers of Catan. <laughs> okay. No, just education. Just education. That's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about. Sorry okay, about that. Okay, well, we hope you enjoyed listening to us again. That was a, a wide-ranging... Yeah. yeah, and we'll be back next week. Cool. Get you old teachers. B-O-T. See ya. Everybody, stay safe out there. Right. Or as they used to say on Hill Street Blues, let's be careful out there. Bye all.